0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back once again. Nick McVicker joined through the Garage Door Sports Cup phone by my two amazing co-hosts, Kyle Vardy and Irfan Manji. And Irfan, welcome back, buddy. We missed you last week. How you doing?
1: chilling oh i was waiting for you to ask kyle first how he's doing so i'm like what am i gonna say today um <laughs> i'm back hello welcome back uh kyle how are you, you doing you. tired tired yep.
0: that's that's all i get just one word answer yep
2: just play <laughs> right. this clip
3: every week
0: well it's not usually tired it's uh, tired and something this was a one-word answer this week or if i'm
3: Well, boys, we got a lot to talk about. MLB
0: opening day happened. The Masters is coming up next weekend. But for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, we are joined once again by the host of On The Mic, Kellen Forrest. Kellen, how are you doing today, man?
4: I'm good, boys. Uh, Yeah, I mean, Friday Friday morning, can't complain too much. I'm a little tired as well, but uh, we got some good college basketball starting off today with the women's final four. So I, I can't complain. And that's exactly it. It's a special episode for us.
0: Uh, scheduling will not allow us to to record Saturday. So Friday it is. And I'm kind of glad we are because we get to talk about the final four in the women's side. And let's start there, Kellen. Um, three number one seeds are on to the final four. One number three seed has made it through. It kind of went full chalk. Yeah, Arizona's a number three. Don't look at me like that, Kyle.
2: No, you said. Okay, never
0: mind. Three number one seeds okay, and well, one said, number you, three.
2: You said four number ones, and so I was kind of confused.
1: Uh, I said, I said three. three. Oh,
2: okay. You're just hearing things.
1: Crap. I think mean, you wanted another one. number one. That's probably what it was.
0: <laughs> but, Kellen, it's been fantastic, right? Like, you can't complain about this basketball.
4: No, the basketball has been unreal. Like, again, that the last few games, like that Baylor-UConn game, it was by far the best game of that day, right? Like it was I was by far off... the
0: best game of either tournament. By, yeah. at this point.
4: Yeah, pretty much. Like I that Oregon State game on the men's side, like I I had to turn turn it off. I think Oregon State had something like twelve points in like the first half or something like that. So why would you watch that when you could watch great basketball being played in UConn, Baylor, and yeah, it was arguably the game of the tournament, and the numbers kind of proved it. It was the largest watched co- um, women's college basketball game outside of the final four in 10 years I think the last one was 2011 like UConn Notre Dame right so I mean it's good to see that it's getting the recognition it deserves because yeah as you said it's been some great basketball up to this point point. and yeah
0: you just nailed it on the head like it's great basketball not just that UConn Baylor game but like all yep. the way
2: through it's been phenomenal uh Kyle anything you want to add to that no, honestly, I was literally going to say the same thing. I, I actually watched that game, too, and it was just – I was – honestly, I'm kind of surprised how close it was. Like, UConn, I thought, was going to dominate the game, and Baylor made it one hell of a game. And it was just it, – it's great sports to watch. And it's just I'm, – I'm happy it's on. It's you're, I'm actually able to watch it. That's the biggest thing.
0: Yeah, and this is the first time we've really had the opportunity up here in Canada. And I know we've talked about it already, but, Irfan, it's been a pleasure to see these women play.
1: Of course, I mean, I I don't think we would have been uh, as focused on this if you know the Oregon team didn't come out with their with their media profile and showed us behind the scenes. I think that really propelled us to pay a little bit more attention to the game. Not that we weren't going to, but I think uh, it really helped other fans that aren't you know accustomed to watching the NC two A on the women's side. Um, just back to that Baylor UConn game, I had them in my top eight there just because I was like, it could be either way, Baylor won the championship in 2019 they still had that mindset to win um they were good last year in the elite eight and they also you know sorry not last year 2019 2018 they were okay but you know like that i can see why it was the best game of the tournament right like you mean you see the two best teams that have consistently performed on the women's side playing each other so um no surprise there Uh, i wish it was a final game but um you know it happens when you're seated like that
0: yeah, honestly, it feels like we got robbed of a one of the probably the greatest final we could have had by having Baylor and UConn in the same region. Like it's just yeah. everyone was talking about it. I think from the very beginning, even Haley, our, our women's basketball and, and WNBA correspondent, she said the same thing. She's like the biggest competition UConn's probably going to have on their side is Baylor, and they're in the same region. That's kind of ridiculous, eh, Kellen?
4: yeah yeah no that's that was the big thing coming in like I know Baylor was very angry about their seating like if, they, if you looked at the odds percentages on like coming into the tournament they had Baylor as the number two behind UConn the number two like percentage team to win at all so I saw one of the girls tweet out but we're a number two seed hey so I mean there was clearly some some arguments that they shouldn't have been a number two seed and yeah you're you're right we got kind of Ruin, like taking away a good final four finals matchup by having them in the same region. But the big question I got to ask you guys is I don't know if you guys watch the game foul or no foul at the end of the game there on that controversial <laughs> no call because it was it was quite uh highly debated on the basketball in the basketball world. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna defer to Kyle.
2: <laughs>
4: I oh god,
2: uh, I personally <laughs> say no call. In my opinion.
0: So no foul or? Yeah, like no foul. Sorry. Okay. I'm leaning that way too, but it's it's one of those that I could have seen it called either way and probably yeah. been okay with it. Like, <laughs> it's
2: just one of those that it's so close.
1: Yeah, the hands are everywhere at that point. And you're like, well, who are you going to call it on?
2: Honestly, when it comes to basketball fouls, there's no right answer sometimes it really is like honestly it depends on how the ref is, is going that game like, no
1: no kyle man. there is a right answer if you're an nba superstar aka lebron you're gonna get a call your way that's how it goes that's how it no, goes you if you're a to go, star oh, there's you're there's, gonna uh, get a Raptors, call
0: you never get a call
2: you just have to yeah. yell and you get the foul
1: ah. uh that doesn't work for kyle you've seen Lowry go through everything and not that's you kyle it, kyle larry go through it there
2: are times of game that's why well, when? It,
4: it's funny, yeah, it's, ah. it's
2: funny you guys
4: mentioned LeBron. It's funny you guys mentioned LeBron because he actually tweeted out that it should have been a foul. So he was on the it should have been a foul camp, but yes, but he wants every call. So yeah, let's, let's be fair. I don't know
0: how yeah, much I guess he's he actually. Cheering. For- <laughs> he's cheering
3: <for> the team.
0: <laughs> he wasn't cheering for either team. He just wanted calls to be called so that it looks good when he gets the call against or for him. Uh, but it's funny. because He'll we get it about anyways. That. Yeah. We talk about it though. It's the same thing in soccer. Like the the easy way to go is, Oh, I'm going to fall and I'm going to get a, I'm going to get a foul called for the other guy. It doesn't work that way. That doesn't mean it's a foul just because you yell and flop doesn't mean it should be a foul. And I get really frustrated with that. And Kyle knows this, and this is something that I've been very passionate about since we were what like 10, I hate it. It bugs me. It pisses me off, but that's the way the world has gone and
2: there's nothing we can do about it. Unfortunately, (laughs) I saw the greatest meme yesterday. It was a soccer player getting the COVID vaccine. Oh, I saw that
1: one too. Floor, like, ah, was it Neymar in the it?
2: picture? No, it was just like a. Uh, he's wearing shirt. a Brazil colors though.
1: What was he? No, he
2: was wearing no. a
0: yellow shirt. Yeah.
2: Oh, mine was just
0: black and white. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, the one that I saw was in full color. Anyway, we'll get back. get back to basketball. <laughs> uh, two games going on. Uh, as you mentioned today, Kellen. Uh, I got to get your picks, man. So we got Stanford, South Carolina on the one side and UConn Arizona on the other who's
4: in your championship and who do you got winning the whole thing? I mean, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with UConn. Like I, I love what Arizona has done their first final four in program history. Uh, congrats. Sorry. You get to play uh, UConn. So I, I think, I think Yukon's just going to be too much for them. And then on the other side, like that's probably going to be the better game in my opinion, just because I think it'll be tight, but I'm gonna lean with South Carolina and go with Don Don Staley. Um, I think what she's done with that program since she's taken over has been pretty amazing. And uh, yeah, I think we're gonna get a South Carolina UConn matchup. How about you guys, Kyle? Go for it. Give them your picks. I'm gonna lean
2: with my bracket the way I originally had it. Um, I'm gonna go UConn Stanford in my final with with uh, UConn taking it all. So yeah, very fun. Yeah.
1: I'm gonna say Stanford because I mean I did pick them to win. So we're gonna keep them through. Um every other bracket has been broken. Um
0: but you mean every bracket everywhere was broken?
1: <laughs> it was it was pretty bad. Um no, I mean I had Baylor and Stanford in the final, so I mean uh Yukon being in there doesn't disappoint me, but I do want Stanford to win, so um
3: we'll see. We'll see.
0: I got UConn as well. Um I think I'm gonna lean with South Carolina with Kellen here. I think it's going to be a great game. I could see either team going through. I actually didn't even have Stanford in the, in my final four originally. I had them losing to Louisville in the Elite Eight, which obviously never was going to happen. But uh, I think they're both great teams, and I could see either of them going through. I got UConn winning the whole thing, though. I, just, I think they're just too good of a squad top to bottom right now. And the way they're playing, I don't think anyone stops them. Um, let's flip over to the men's side now, boys. And final four over there sees two number one seeds, a number two, and, of course, a number 11. So I guess that's four number ones.
4: Nice. Yeah, 11. I got it.
0: <laughs> and, yeah. Kyle's not happy with that joke, but whatever. I went with it. Um, again, great basketball. We've seen some incredible upsets. We've seen some great play. Uh little disappointed Michigan couldn't pull out that game against UCLA. I I, want to get your opinion, Callan, because I know you've watched pretty much the whole tournament. What the heck happened in that game? Like UCLA just shut Michigan down, which I didn't think was going to happen.
4: Yeah, I mean, UCLA, they're so such an interesting team, right? Because they just – they kind of just grind grind games out, right? They're just so – resiliency is the the best term to use UCLA. They just – they always they always come out and they just grind teams down and they just did that to Michigan and Michigan they made it a game in the end they probably they got good looks they you can't yeah, complain <laughs> about the looks they got at the end of the game they 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 could have easily hit one of those we could have been talking about Michigan in this um, spot instead but um, yeah UCLA they and Johnny Duzane, saying they're gonna need an incredible performance from him this weekend because they are not going to be able to. Like Michigan's a good team, but this Gonzaga team is just another step up. So they're not going to be able to create a grinded out game like they did against Michigan, against these Gonzaga teams. They're going to need to score points. And I just don't know if they're going to be able to do that much.
0: And and you talk about stifling defense. You go over to the other one on on the bottom half of the bracket with Oregon State and Houston, another game where Houston just dominated defensively in the first half, gave them nothing. And... It ended up being a six-point game, but it didn't feel like a six-point game. I don't know about you. Hey, Kyle?
2: No, to be honest, the the biggest thing with Houston is their rebounding. They they are, honestly, I think they are number one or number two in the entire country for rebounding as well, and that's a huge factor for them. And honestly, I think it's going to be a huge factor going into these next couple games as well. Um, Obviously, they are stifling defense and make it – very difficult to get points. And I think they are going to match up if they can get through. I think they would match up good with Gonzaga. I think I think it's going to be an interesting defense if they can get through. I'm not saying they're going to get through because I don't think they will. But I'm saying if they do. Um, mm-hmm. But honestly, that, that Baylor team looks really good. So um, very interesting matchup. And on the other side, the, the UCLA, like he's got to go off again. That's yeah. the only way it's the only way UCLA wins that game is he has a snap because Gonzaga is a full rounded team, and I'm very interested to see that game as well.
0: Let's let's think about this. At the beginning of the year, Andrew Nemhart was a bench player for Zaga. Yeah.
2: That's
0: how deep of a team they are. He could come off the bench and they didn't care. And he might still be coming off the bench in some games just because of matchups. You don't, I don't really. I don't know. Sometimes he does come off the bench. It's just kind of crazy.
2: Well, uh, the, the best sorry. is like in the USC game everybody's like, "Oh, yeah, it'll be a close game." Mm, nope. No. <laughs> they haven't had a close game yet.
0: Their closest game was 16 points.
2: Yeah. Well, to be honest, they were they've been close in a couple of first halves, but they just take over in the second.
0: Half. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like that's that's the definition of a great team is when you when you feel out the first half and if it's not going right, you make a change and dominate the second half, right, Kellen.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Gonzaga, they, they, like you mentioned, they're just so deep, right? Like if you like against the USC team, they killed USC, that game wasn't even close. And Corey Kispert arguably maybe their best player, like offensively. He didn't even do anything that game, right? Like he, he barely, barely contributed. Right. So can you imagine if all of them are clicking at once and that, and that's the thing with Gonzaga, right. Is arguably a, uh, they're the only team that can just survive a, a dud game from one of their best players just because they have so many other guys. Like maybe Baylor can because they have those three guards, but Gonzaga, they just have so many guys. Even if they get a bad performance from one of their star guys, it, it just doesn't seem to matter, right? It's it's
0: it truly is impressive to watch because you we want to see the best players play. This year, Zaga has been the best team, and they're doing exactly what we expected. Again, when you get to the Final Four and none of your games are within 16 points, that that shows that you know exactly what you're doing, because they've played some very good teams. That Creighton team was a good shooting team. Yes, defensively, maybe not the cleanest, but they can they can put up points. They held them to 65. You see USC, 66. Oklahoma was the team that scored the most points against them, which I don't think anyone necessarily expected, but 71 points and they put up 87, Like even when they're giving up 70 points, they're throwing almost 90 up on the, on every team. It's, it's incredible. It, it truly is impressive. Airphone.
1: Oh, a hundred percent. I actually have a question for Kellen here. If Zega is to lose to any team in this tournament, that's remaining, who's going to be? Ooh. Cause I think that's the question now is, is like, they're so good. Um, who are they lose against now?
4: I mean, I think the answer has to be Baylor just because, I mean, they've been the two best teams all year, right? It's always been Baylor Gonzaga. They were actually supposed to play in November, but it got canceled because of COVID. So everybody was disappointed. We weren't going to get that matchup. Everyone's talking about it. like, here's hoping we get it now, but because I just think the, the Baylor, the Baylor has the three guards that could give Gonzaga trouble. Like, they got Macy Oteague, they got Jared Butler, and then I, I'm blanking on the other guy right now. but um, Baby on Mitchell. Baby on Mitchell there. He's their best defensive player, right? So he, he can give them trouble. Um, so I think it's got to be Baylor. But, I mean, Kyle makes a good point in that Houston, if Houston gets through, maybe defensively, they could give Gonzaga trouble. But as we saw against USC, USC was the best two-point defensive team in the country coming into that game. Didn't matter too much, right? So um, what I find crazy is that we have a Final Four matchup and the spread is 14 and a half for Gonzaga. And I, if I was a betting man, I would probably be leaning Gonzaga, which is just crazy to say in a Final Four matchup. But th- like Nick points out, they've just been so dominant. Yeah. But I think if a team is going to beat him, it's got to be Baylor, and that's that's the matchup I'm hoping for. But uh, I guess we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. You talk about the three guards, but they also have the bigs who can fly on that Baylor team. Trauma uh, Chachua, I I know I probably butchered that, but he's been phenomenal in the tournament. He's looked really good. You throw in you throw in their bigs with those three guards. It's it's a tough team to play against. Zaga probably had, I know Zaga has the the bodies to do it, but it's going to be an interesting matchup because I think that will pull Zaga out of their comfort zone and and their comfort style.
2: I don't know about you guys, but I love Timmy. I love the mustache. I love this. I don't know. He's like one of those guys, like he's a typical college player. Like, will he do well in in the NBA? We'll see. But in college, he's one of those guys, he's energy. He's literally hyping everybody up. Just like, that's like, hundred percent you need that on your team absolutely that's the best that's the best
0: part about these tournaments is we get to see these guys who maybe might won't make it to the next level but they have great tournaments they show up and they show how much they truly love the game and that's the point of these championships right galen you just gotta love the game
4: (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's he kyle makes a great point it's timmy's one of those classic college guys like you don't know what he's going to translate into the nba kind of like luca garza right like just great college players can score at will. And this is their time to shine, right? And like you point out, it's it's them on the national stage. And he's got the handlebar mustache that he can't get rid of, even though his mom wants him to get rid of. And it's an ongoing story.
3: I'm sure and lots
0: just, of people want him to get rid of it. Let's yeah, be fair. No. But his mom is the most logical.
4: <laughs> yeah, and his but his teammates won't let him because he's been killing it with the hand, handlebar mustache, right? So. Playoff beard. Yeah, well, exactly. So
3: and,
2: and putting up twenty three points on the Mobley brothers, like yeah, says something too. Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. I think it's it's gonna be fun. Now
0: we got to get picks in because it's the final four. Kellen, I think we already kind of got yours, but let's get let's get your two finalists and your winner.
4: Yeah, I mean it's kind of lame, but I I I'm going Gonzaga Baylor. And then I want to pick against Gonzaga, but my head just won't let me right now, just what I've, what I've seen. So I'm, I'm going to have Gonzaga winning it all. First first undefeated team since the 1975-76 Indiana Hoosiers. So I think we might be seeing seeing it this year. All right, I think that's a good shout. Uh, Kyle, go for it. I mean, like, I don't want to say I
2: called it in my bracket, but, you know, like, I called it in my bracket. Baylor-Gonzaga final with Zaga winning. So, okay,
1: fun. Um, I can't disagree with either of them. I think it's Zega Baylor, but hey, Kellen, you couldn't do this. I'm gonna do it for you. Baylor's gonna win. There you go. I'll pick something different.
4: There we go.
0: Do I go? But
1: I always pick the team that's never gonna win. Hello, I know my bracket. Do. All right, well, And I was so close to picking UCLA to come out of the first round, and I was like, well, they're the Bruins. You guys are going to make fun of me for picking the Bruins. And then I left. it. Hold on. So. I had, I,
2: I picked that
0: game to,
1: I, I, had,
2: picked BYU I had BYU to play leave losing in the first game. So I'm way out, way off. So yeah,
1: well, I picked BYU losing
4: thing. that game, but I had them losing to Michigan State. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> so yeah, I, I'm going to go. I picked that. I picked that upset, but that I was because I thought Michigan State was going to win, and I. But but because it doesn't matter in those bracket pools, you still get the play in run. So exactly. I was like, all right, UCLA, right? But.
0: Yeah, that's what I did too. So, <laughs> um, all right, I guess it's my turn. I, I'm taking Zaga over UCLA. I think that's that's an easy answer. That's fine. Do I want to just take Baylor? I, like, I kind of do want to just take Baylor because I do think they're the best team outside of Zaga. So I'll take Baylor, but I have to give it to Zag. I just think they are too good. They've been the best all year, and I think they become the eighth uh, undefeated champion.
2: I love how that was a long way of saying you agree with all three of those. Yeah. Uh, Irfan went. Or, or, sorry, sorry, Irfan went Baylor. Sorry.
4: Irfan,
1: Irfan
2: needed something different.
1: I, yeah, why not? <laughs>
4: I just uh, hope we get that matchup, honestly. Yeah, I do, too. I'd be happy with the
0: Zaga-Houston matchup, too. Yeah. As Kyle said, it'd be fun. But I, I agree. I think we need well, I think we need that matchup.
2: It'd be fun for the first half until is like, all right, screw this. Let's just... I'm going to wake that up that now. Fight. Yeah. Oh,
0: <laughs> yeah. who knows? If uh, Houston keeps getting the rebound, Zaga might not get chances in the second half.
2: Well, to be honest, like, Houston's... Like, I, I was reading the stats on it and, like, looking at their games. Like, they literally just... Grab every goddamn board. You better hit your shots because you ain't getting a second chain. So exactly.
0: So that might that might play a factor, but I do think is a better team. So I think we'll see them in the final. That'll do it for our kickoff segment sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy, calling all kickers and punchers in the southern Ontario region. If you are looking for a year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferrar brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special teams game to the next level, you need to train with the Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy. Kellen, thank you for joining us, man. We really appreciate your insight on both tournaments because I know you've been watching both. Um, we'll make sure to keep watching on the mic and we'll see you next time, buddy.
4: Thanks for having me, boys, and enjoy the basketball. It should be some great, great stuff this weekend.
0: It really should. We're cool. going to take a quick break here and when we come back we will be talking some Masters and MLB opening day or snow opening day depending on uh, where you were playing. Uh, <laughs> I didn't like that one. Um, but we will be right back after this.
3: Good day everybody.
0: This
4: is Ryan from 20 Minutes on Ice. Join me and my co host Nick McVicker for opinions and analysis on the week that was in the hockey world. New episode available every Friday, wherever you download your favorite podcast from 20 minutes on ice, part
0: of the garage door sports network. We are back. Nick, Kyle and earth on here and the masters boys. I feel like we just talked about them because kind of just did like five months ago (laughs) they're back it's the 2021 masters tournament and a lot of the guys are coming in pretty hot right now and playing pretty well so this is going to be a fun year obviously after his accident no tiger woods this year but we get dj playing at the top of his game at the moment bryson is being bryson justin thomas is playing well uh kepka is doing well too uh, they have speed up there in the odds right now um because he's been getting more consistent i will say i won't say he's playing the best of his career but he's getting more consistent which is huge for him uh kyle what do you make of this masters tournament man
2: honestly i, I think this is probably one of the more competitive tournaments that we're going to possibly see um i think the biggest thing is Everybody's kind of gearing up for this one too. I think the other one kind of was just like hit us towards the end of the year kind of comparatively. And I think this one was one everybody's like really focused on and, and dialed in on obviously like DJ opting out of this tournament this weekend to try and late. get ready for that next weekend. So yeah, opting um, out late. Let's not forget that. Oh, hundred percent. So um, I am, I'm honestly expecting great competition and apparently according to DJ is going to be great food too. So
0: I feel like it usually is pretty good food at the Masters.
2: Well, did you see the did you see the menu he made? I didn't see it. No. Oh, he made uh, one of the appetizers pigs in a blanket because because he won, he gets to choose the menu for this year. Oh, okay. So he made uh, pigs in a blanket one of the appetizers, and everybody's been roasting him on, online for it. So fair. Well, I mean, I can't. I wouldn't complain about that. It's that's pretty good.
0: Yeah. Uh, Erphone, are your what are your thoughts going into it right now?
1: Um, are we getting into the players or are we just talking just in general?
0: You can get into the players if you want.
1: Yeah, I mean, in general, I think it's it's a weird year because there's no tiger woods. Because I mean, if he's not playing, it doesn't to me it doesn't feel like the masters, but that's because we've been seeing him for the last 20 plus years playing. It's a speedy recovery to him and, and I hope he's doing okay. Um, but if we're talking about players this year, I think I think that last year's champion has enough to win this i think he's still the best golfer in the world and uh and dj like i think this is his to run away with because as hot as everyone is going into this um i think for a champion that's won before um i think this is going to be the biggest thing at augusta because as good as like i'm looking at Bryson's stats here he's hit He's averaged 320 yards per drive this season, which is ridiculous, but he's also hitting fewer than 60% of his fairways off the tree, off the tee, sorry. So, which could be trouble in Augusta, especially when they're moving the holes around. So I'm going with, I'm going to pick my winner right now. And I think it's, it's, he's going to defend it and he's going to win it. Um, And that's, and that's just Dustin Johnson. And I mean, if there's anyone's going to give him trouble, I think it's Colin Morikawa going into this because he's 25 to one long shot to win, I believe. So, I mean, if you're looking for a surprise pick, that's the one. But I don't think it's Bryson this year. I think he's got another year or two under his belt that he needs to get through and and hit those tees a little bit better. And then, and then for sure, I think it'll be Bryson in the conversation. Listen, I don't, I don't think even think. Needs... <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. I was saying I don't even think he made the top ten uh, predictions to win. I believe right, like that's something that was circulating a little while ago. Um, uh, he's I'll, he's I'll confirm two. that. He's number two. He's on, on odds. On uh, yeah on odds, but there was something that came out on Sports Line where. He barely cracked the top ten. Yeah. In terms well, I mean, I, I, I don't think anyway.
0: uh, I don't think Bryson needs to hit the tees any harder than he already does. No, for sure. sure. He breaks a tee every time he tees one up. But yeah. the guy, I, I think you're right with Dustin. Dustin has come into this season ranked number one. He's been number one all ten weeks of the year, mm-hmm. and he just looks dialed in. Like he, I don't. I, has he won a tournament yet this season?
2: I don't. Know. Dustin, no,
0: no, has not won one, but he's been in contention at pretty much everything he's been at, which is which is a sign of a, a top golfer at the top of his game. Like usually, you'll see a guy win a turn win the win a tournament like the Masters, and then not do very well in tournaments preceding it or f- following it. Sorry, yeah, he's played well in pretty much every tournament he's been in since the Masters, and it all kind of just seemed like lead into this masters. He hasn't Yeah, I was
1: kind of just he, waiting in for it.
0: He hasn't really yeah. been trying and he's been doing well. So now we get the actual show, the the big show that he wanted to be playing in. He gets to now try to defend it. I I, I think Irfan's right. I think he will be at the top of the leaderboard come Sunday. Whether or not he wins, I, I don't know, but he'll he'll be there for sure, right, Kyle?
2: Yeah, he'll be in contention 100%. I don't think he wins it to be quite honest. I think um, my two that are kind of upsets, not really upsets, um, look for Justin Thomas. I think Justin Thomas um, definitely is playing the top of his game right now and definitely has, he's already won a couple um, earlier this year to start the 2021. And I think he's honestly one of the most, not really underrated guys, but it's one of those, he's a guy that everybody thinks is going to finish second, third, fourth, not necessarily win it every time. So I think he, he takes that step. I do like Irfan's idea of Morikawa. I think he definitely takes a step forward on that one. But my other one to watch is John Rom. Um, he's got the power to compete with DJ and uh, Bryson off the tees, but he's also got that, that touch um, with his putting that, you know, if Dustin's going to have a downfall, it's going to be his putting. So I think that's the biggest thing, or the biggest advantage Rom could have over him. So we'll see about that one. Yeah, and Rom's eleven to one, uh, same
0: odds as Thomas. So I think I think they're both good shouts. I always like watching uh, Finau and Cantlay play too. I think I don't know if this this course at Augusta really plays into their games, but they're fun golfers to watch. They know how to pick apart a lot of courses, so it'll be interesting to see how they play. I don't necessarily see them being at the top of the leaderboard, but. They'll be interesting to see, I think, as well. Um, Irfan, any final thoughts on on the Masters?
1: Um, I hope it's a new winner for sure, but um, I, I think we nailed it with our top three or four players that are probably going to stay consistent, especially with uh, the quick turnaround from last year's tournament back to this tournament.
0: Yep. Kyle, uh, final thought? Um,
2: don't expect the same Masters you watched in November to be this Masters. It's oh, going to be a completely different course completely different avenue where you can attack uh, holes or where you may have to lay up on holes that you uh, previously could have attacked in november so um give me definitely a different feel and i'm definitely gonna th- i think we're gonna see a lot of different scores there you know, we had a lot of minus scores in november i think you can see a lot more plus scores and maybe on the day it'd be a minus three gets you the top of the leaderboard that day so Yep.
1: Potentially. Yeah. It. They're, they're looking to move it around. Like we were talking with uh, Matt last time is how are they going to keep it difficult? And and I think Kyle, you got that right.
2: They were not happy with how, how good of scores people had in November. They want yeah. the masters to be the most difficult course to win. So.
0: Yep. And I think they'll try to make it that way. Um, A long shot. If you want to put betting odds on a guy to finish in the top five, top 10, look at a guy named Cameron Smith. Most people probably don't know who he is. He's the man with the mullet, but he's the only player to post four rounds in the 60s at the same Masters. He knows the course well. He knows how to play the course, I should say. Now, he's also the only player to do it and lose. But, hey, you might as well take it if you can. If he knows the course, he's going he's gonna to be able to put the ball in the hole a lot faster than a lot of players. So, Maybe throw some money down on Cameron Smith. We're going to take another quick break. I know it was a short segment there, boys, but we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back to talk about uh, MLB opening day because we got to see some great baseball yesterday. So we'll be back right after this.
3: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them. I am your host, Jerome McDonald, as always. Since opening day was Thursday, I figured I'd share some fantasy baseball players that you should look at if you need some help at certain positions. First player on my list is Colton Wong. He's the second baseman for the Milwaukee Brewers. He's 26% owned on Yahoo, and he just eclipsed 50% in ESPN, which I don't get. I don't understand how this guy can have a disparity of 25% between fantasy formats, but anyways, that's just the case. He is actually batting atop the Brewers lineup, which is a pretty decent lineup. So he has a chance to accumulate a lot of runs. He went one for three on opening day with two walks, so he's a great OBP guy. If your league counts OBP, uh, keep an eye on him. My second player is David Dahl, who is an outfielder for the Texas Rangers. He is 13% owned on Yahoo and only 6% owned on ESPN. He went three for five on opening day with a double and a walk and also scored two runs. He's batting second for an underrated Texas Rangers offense that scored 10 runs on opening day and still lost. I believe he has a chance for a bounce back season this year after a very disappointing 2020 with the Colorado Rockies. But if you look at the seasons even before that, he was hitting 300. You can tell me about the Coors field effect, but I think his hitting is legitimate and uh, definitely keep your eye on him, especially if he's hitting second or even at the top of that Texas Rangers offense. And lastly, my pitcher is Logan Webb. If you don't know who Logan Webb is, he's a starting pitcher for the San Francisco Giants. He's 36% owned on Yahoo and 8% owned on ESPN. Again, how does that make sense? I don't don't get this. Like, what are we doing here? He put up some impressive numbers in spring training. He had a .53 ERA and had 22 strikeouts in 17 innings. He's scheduled to pitch Saturday against the Mariners, so if you're looking for a spot start, He's a good guy to look at, and who knows, he could develop into a a reliable guy down the stretch uh, for the rest of the season. This has been Fantasy Beasts and Where to Find Them. I'm your host, Jermyn Dahl. Now, back to the show.
0: We are back once again, and it's finally come and gone. Opening day was yesterday. I got to watch the Jays-Yankees because I was having a rough day and I just needed something that I wanted to watch. So I wasn't flipping around as much. I know all the scores, but I really only paid attention to that game. And before we get into the games, we got to talk about the games that didn't happen. And just like last season, the first game of the season that was postponed was with the...
2: Who, Who was it, boys? Oh, oh, the, the Nationals!
0: The Nationals once again have their first game of the season postponed. Two years in a row, killing it, keeping consistent. Um, the other game that was postponed was the Orioles Red Sox. It's it's not fun. But that, was, that was that was a, was a rain game. delay. I know that was a rain delay. I'm just saying. Um, it's it's tough to see first games of the year, opening day, already postponed due to COVID in a 162 game season. That's going to make this season really, really long. And it looks like uh, these teams won't even be able to play until Thursday. Or sorry, the Nationals won't be able to play until Thursday. The Mets might be able to because they didn't have any positive tests. Right. But it's that is a tough look for opening day, Air Force.
1: Yeah, it's, um, I mean, we all know we're living in COVID, which, you know, you have to take it day by day with that. But it's a little Disappointing when you're you're looking forward to opening day and 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 you're not getting the full slate that you want, especially with the the shortened season last year and everyone saying, well, that's not a real season, blah blah blah. And now you're having a chance to play 162. I mean, um, you can't control what you're doing um, when you get COVID, I guess. So that's disappointing. But hey, the Mets get to play in three days, hopefully, and the Nationals just have to be careful. Yeah. And that's I will pathetic, give I will know. give them
0: credit that they're yeah. they're probably the most consistent league when it comes to their COVID protocols. Is that if a team has multiple cases, so more than one, that that team is basically shut down for seven days. And any day that they get a new positive test, it it just keeps getting pushed. So they're really consistent with that, and I think that's going to help them get through the season, especially the longest – it's the longest season in North America. Let's not forget that. 162 games is the longest season out of any of the four uh, major leagues. I hope it helps them. I hope that they Mm -hmm. can get this done it just it's unfortunate that it's once again the nationals that are the ones that have it the first day it's just i it's almost ironic at this point that it's it the really, nationals it really in is. washington right well, let's get to actual baseball that was played and uh, there were some very interesting games that jays yankees game was actually a great pitching performance from both sides mm-hmm. um maybe not perfect but very good pitching from both sides. 13 Ks for the Yankees, 13 Ks for the Jays, which means that the pitching staffs are on point and the hitters need to figure out how to swing the bats a little bit better. Right, Kyle?
3: Yeah.
0: Much. <laughs> uh, we saw a snow day in Detroit where Miguel Cabrera hit a home run that he thought was a double, so he slid into second. Even the pitcher didn't think it was a home run. That's how strong Miguel Cabrera is. He managed to fork it out in the snow. We saw a home run that turned into an RBI single with an out in the Dodgers game.
1: (laughs) I think we saw a lot of everything, and Irfan's (laughs) shaking his head. That was the dumbest shit ever. What the hell's going on?
3: Well,
0: to be fair, the guy did technically catch the ball, and then it fell out of his hand when his arm hit the – Thanks. Yeah. so no, justin turner seeing it go in the guy's glove he immediately turned around right mm-hmm. he should have listened to bellinger who was saying go forward dummy but
1: like yeah, i don't blame just-
0: i don't necessarily blame justin turner on that one because it looked
2: like the guy caught. no no, no i
1: get that but it's like come on that's that's two
2: runs versus one like you know i, I blame justin turner <laughs> uh, you're an mlb baseball player you should be looking around in your surroundings and not just going up instinct there but he did he was watching he watched no, the ball you, go if into you the guy Bellinger low. running towards you there's no he's not running out and out he's not running out a pop fly to right field like move like
0: okay i don't fully blame justin Turner. i do blame him a little but i don't fully blame him because there was Who a lot of the
2: blame what the outfielder for dropping the ball so it's a home run no, I wasn't blaming <laughs> okay. so, the. Who else is to blame then? Look, Look the
1: it, I think there was a lot, not yelling at him a little bit louder. That that, but it was like there was a lot going on, and I get it. But God, it's the third inning. You, it's just it was a mess. I it would have been two killed, two at that it, point it, or it something. killed
2: their momentum. Oh yeah, it did. It would have been two did. two,
1: yeah. and they wouldn't probably have lost. But like. I don't know. I think there's, there's multiple things like Kyle said, you're a baseball player. You not only are you looking at the play, you gotta be listening to your teammates or your coaching staff. Like, I think it's a collective communication issue that the Dodgers have um, sort of bundled, but, um, but at the same time, I guess they have to give away one game where, where they don't, they look human for a second and then they'll be fine next game. Yeah. Yeah. But
0: it turns out that all of our uh, Kyle last week, we did our MLB preview show, like all of our division winners lost. I I don't know how that was possible. (laughs) Yeah. Yankees went down uh, Dodgers went down I had the Braves They went down <laughs> White Sox went down <laughs> I had the Mets Didn't even play They didn't play <laughs> um, the, only, the only one that won Was St. Louis We had St. Louis winning.
2: And they well, won and they, and they almost blew it too They were up like 8 nothing, And then came back And won 11-7 It's like 11-6 Same difference uh, But yeah it was, it was
0: interesting Was there a game That really stood out To you Irfan
1: um, well, we talked about it, but that's snow game. I thought it was like for picture wise and viewing wise, I was like, well, the snow looks wonderful. This is amazing. Um, the sloppiness, not so much, but I, I really did enjoy the snow and, and, and Miggy's hit cause it was like, that looked classic October baseball for a second. And then I realized, wait, no, it's actually not, but that's okay. It's, it's
0: April. It's fine. It's, <laughs> April. it's okay. No, oh, climate change. Miggy, Miggy's home run was great, but did you see the play he made at first base?
1: Or he's just waiting. He made, for the he made a
0: fantastic diving play over at first on a fielder's choice. He decided to throw it a second because there was no one covering the bag, but like just a great play. And the guy's 38 or something. Like, he should not be making diving plays in the infield, but
1: we'll find in two weeks that he tweaked an elbow or something. And that was from that play. we're like, no, shit, no, there no. you go.
0: Speaking yeah. of tweaks, uh, Josh Donaldson pulled up lame in uh, the twins game rounding first. He's of
2: injured, strong as hell. So. of course. Uh Kyle, what game stood out to you though? Um, well, honestly, the Jays Yankees game was stood out to me of how truly competitive those two teams are going to be this year, I think. Um, other one is the absolute shit show that is the Texas Rangers Kansas City Royals game with twenty-four runs in it. Yeah, what um, the heck? both teams fifteen hits, like what the heck both, both teams decided let's throw some beach balls down the middle of the plate and see what happens and see who can score more runs. So um it was honestly it it was an interesting game to watch um just because you didn't know who was going to miss the ball or who was going to hit the ball at a certain point um but definitely like to me as a baseball fan that's not really what i'm looking for in a baseball game don't get me wrong it's a great change of pace compared to you know The Miami Tampa game where it's one one nothing and the only run is scored in the eighth inning. So it's like, "Oh God, I'm gonna fall asleep." But um, yeah, like that, like especially on opening day. Like I didn't think everyone's gonna be ready for a 24 run game and not and So
0: well, let's put it this way: there was two guys in the starting lineups, one from each team, that didn't get a hit. Everyone else got a hit, and guy the guy who didn't get a hit for the. I think it was the royals uh he got pinch hit for later in the game and that guy also didn't get a hit so like there's three people who played in the game who didn't get a hit total that's very odd or sorry four salvi didn't get one either my i bad. going say salvi
2: didn't get one
0: i missed hunter that one.
2: Do- hunter dozier didn't get one either
0: yeah so i had tavares dozier and uh salvi
2: and technically, Alberto, who... Yeah, it who was the pitcher. For, that that was the, the pitcher. Yeah. But still,
0: four guys total
2: Yeah,
0: out of 19. I mean, everyone was uh making contact. The game that kind of stood out to me was actually the Pirates-Cubs game. Uh, 5-3 win for the Pirates, who I think we all agree we don't expect much from the Pirates this year. Nope. But they actually looked good. Like... They, the players in the field were doing exactly what they needed to do. They were getting contact at nine hits is big, especially against um, a Cubs team who we thought would be better than they were last year. Not much, but better than they were last year. And all three runs came, or sorry, not three runs, uh, five runs, four of them came against Liam Hendricks or sorry, three. They only counted to three. Three runs against Liam Hendricks is pretty good Kyle for,
2: Hendricks. huh? Kyle
1: Hendricks is it Kyle? Yeah, he was closer. the closer for the White Sox. No, sorry, it's okay. One of the Hendricks. Yeah.
2: I it's
0: it had L, it had L, and then Hendricks because he lost. So I just saw that. Just, oh. it, it, I instinctively just went Liam. Um, but yeah, if three runs against Kyle Hendricks yep. for a young Pirate squad who looked capable. And man. Uh, Cabrian Hayes, oh, watch right. out for this kid, he is going to be legit. 100%. Um, we get some more games today. Jays don't play until Saturday again. Uh, they will see a very interesting Yankee squad, I feel, on Saturday. Stripling versus Kluber. Are we seeing a two game sweep because they only play two games, or is this going to be a one one split here, Irfan?
1: Um, I think a closer 1-1 split. It'll be another close game because I think uh, neither team's going to give up much. Um, we saw the hitting, like you needed a home run to really get you through and it's like a solo bomb or something. So um, I think it'll be a close game uh, and I think the Yankees will split the series because I think from now on, I think the the Jays and the Yankees is going to be close. I Especially this season, I think it's going to be close games.
0: It is a three-game series total, but I'm saying as of Saturday they have only
2: would have.
1: Yeah, so, games. I mean, but like you're saying for the the 1-1, the, the, the one, one, I think it'll be 1-1, it won't be 2-0 Jays. Okay. Kyle, what are your thoughts on that game?
2: As much as I would love to say the Jays are going to win, I do not like the pitching matchups whatsoever. So, yeah. to me, I think the Yankees are going to sweep 2-0 on the weekend. Um, do, okay, 2-0
0: on the weekend.
2: Okay. So, I just – I don't know what we have in Ross Stripling. And honestly, if TJ Zook is starting on Sunday. Zoik. Zoik. Same dude. No, I don't care. He's a minor leader. I don't care. Um He if he's starting on Sunday, then the Yankees are gonna have to destroy him. Especially with him being a sinker ball hit pitcher. It's it's gonna be you no, know, we're gonna see the Judge hit, a, hit at least one off of them. We're gonna see Stanton hopefully not swing for the fences and just actually hit a ball this time. Um, I don't, I don't like the Jays odds. Like unless they're gonna match run for run, which will be interesting to see if they can. Uh, I think it's a 2-0 sweep for the Yankees.
0: Yeah, I don't know how much I trust uh, Germain, uh, the, the Yankees pitcher on Sunday, but I think this. The matchup Saturday between Kluber and Stripling will actually be an interesting one. I actually think the pitchers have the advantage in that just because of the way they were pitching in spring training. Stripling had a great spring training. Let's not forget that. You you don't just forget that over a week, right? So he's going to come in very confident to go up against this Yankee squad. Yes, this Yankee squad is ridiculously good. They're great hitters. They should be able to put the ball in play. And uh, it, it will be interesting. But if Stripling can pitch like he did in spring training, I think this game will be the closer of the two. And, I, again, I don't know how much I trust Jermaine. How do you say his name? I always get it wrong. The Yankees pitcher on Sunday.
2: Jermaine? Um, is Let's it the uh, uh, or whatever?
0: I don't, I don't care about his first name. I want his last name. It's Jermaine, right?
2: Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Jermaine. Okay. I don't trust him at all. I want to. I think he has some great stuff, but I don't trust him at all. So, with the Jays lineup being as good as they could be, And, I mean, they showed pretty well yesterday against a very good Garrett Cole. Let's not forget that Cole was on yesterday. And they still managed to get a couple runs off of him. If they can do that against Cole, what are they going to do against a guy like Jermaine who we don't really trust, right? Like, he could give Teoscar chances. He could give Vladdy chances. By the way, that single that Vlad had was a
2: rocket. Fastest hit ever recorded off of Garrett Cole.
0: I thought he was going to take the head off of that second baseman if he was any closer. Like, that was a rocket shot up the middle. Um, But they look on. Those guys look ready to go. If Jermaine does not make his pitches, that game is going to be fun on Sunday. Do I think that the Jays are going to sweep? No. Do I think that they might pick up one on the weekend? Yeah, I do. I think they will come out of this series 2-1, which is a positive start. I hope that that can happen. I'm also kind of pissed that we don't get to see Marcus Stroman pitch on Saturday. I love Stroman. Stroman's one of my favorite pitchers, not because I think he's the best, but just the energy that he brings to every game, no matter what it is. It's very disappointing that we don't get to watch him for about a week now. Sure. All right, boys, that'll wrap it up. Let's, uh, let's get to our tire fires. And we had another three-way tie. So we're just going to start fresh on tire fires this week.
1: Irfan, I know
0: it's so disappointing.
1: Jeez, Um, I didn't vote this time. You know that, like I had voted for Kyle last time. You know, who would you have voted for?
0: You wouldn't vote for me. I know you don't vote for me.
1: (laughs) Wait, well, I don't even know what they were last week because I wasn't here. I just gave you mine. I was like, I'm done. Um, Well, Kyle, let's start with you. Uh,
0: What's your tire fire of the week, man?
2: Well, we kind of already talked about it, so I won't go too much into it. Is the Cody Bellinger, Justin Turner issue? Um, It's just. (laughs) one thing. It's just one of those plays like the Dodgers had enough trouble yesterday keeping up with the Rockies, which is a surprise to say. Yeah. Um, And they needed all the help they could possibly get. And just, you can't overrun the guy in front of you. And the guy in front of you, you can't go run back to the base. It's just absolute shit show. And honestly, it's just something that cannot happen in in professional baseball.
0: No, no, it cannot. And uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting one for sure. Um, Erfon, hit us up, man. What is I'm your just
1: for, yeah? Just quickly looking for the stat, but uh, my tire fire is the U21 England coach 80. Both I can't even say his last, I don't even care. He's so bad. Um, he's the coach for the under 21s. He uh, this is the second straight tournament where the youth 21 have been eliminated in the first like group stage matchup, like it was Euros in 2019 and then um right now uh sorry no what was 2019 the world cup and then so right now it's the euro so they've lost two straight tournaments in the group stages because they can't win their first two games um and they have talents such as phil foden uh before and now they have talents such as you know like you have curtis jones you have they have a very good squad like this is so good for england future like especially for the senior team and i know half the young guys are playing for the senior team but that's just ridiculous and he came out and said two days ago that His role is utterly impossible. And it's like, okay, so why are you coaching them if it's utterly impossible? I'm sure um, younger coaches like Frank Lampard would be good. Uh, Eddie Howe would be a good manager for the youth 21 if they wanted to just get their careers back on on the road. Fire this guy. Move on. Let's go. I I think you have young enough players who are so talented that you should not be losing to Portugal or Switzerland in the first two games and then struggling against Croatia. Sorry. You cannot be doing that.
0: We're going to call Irfan as the uh, new coach of the Under-21 England squad. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, Irfan Manji
1: is now your coach.
2: Congratulations.
1: (laughs) You guys will win one game. Better than this coach. One game.
2: If I win one game, it's better than this guy, so I'm good. Pretty much.
0: All right, well, I've already talked about mine a little bit. I'm going to go full out on this now. The Cleveland sportscaster, Bruce Drennan. This was classic. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend you guys both listen to it. Tim and friends uh, retweeted it. Uh, It's hilarious. But Bruce Drennan hosts a a sports show in Cleveland, and they had call-ins after the game one loss to Detroit. And (laughs) basically the guy called in and said, man, like you got to walk Ramirez, and then you can just easily strike out the next two guys because they don't know how to swing the bats. And Drennan went off on this guy. Basically, I, I'm gonna read it because they had I had the full thing. <laughs> uh, Drennan goes right. Uh, I guess you missed a lot of the games that Reyes hit in the clutch last year, huh? The guy's like, no, 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 no. And Drennan's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're an idiot. You are an idiot and don't know baseball. You're an idiot. Listen, you're gonna tell me you are judging. Uh, and then they missed it. Uh, you don't know anything. You don't know squat. You're stupid idiot. You're going to tell me you're going to make a judgment on the season after one game in 30-degree weather. That proves what an ignoramus you are. Get off our show, fair weather idiot. This is a sportscaster taking Collins on a show saying this to a caller. What a mess. If this is how Cleveland's baseball fans are going to be all season, it's going to be a long season, I think, because I don't know. I don't think this team is going to do very well. I don't know about you guys, but I don't think they're going to win the division. I don't know if they're going to even compete for a playoff spot this year. So it's going to be a long year if Bruce Drennan is going to have to deal with this all season. All right. Hey, fun your thoughts? Yeah, I know.
1: I'm, I'm just saying that if. Um... Yeah, they have to screen the caller better. Just ask a question. Like, what are you going to talk about? The best part is is
0: that the guy was super calm. And I don't think he was really being rude in any way. He was just saying. No, 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 no. Ramirez is snapped. your is, Ramirez was your big target, and he was dangerous. So you walk him, and then he wasn't really sure about the two guys following him that they could they could be as good yeah. as they need to. Now I don't think he really realizes, and he might not be a big fan because Mel Reyes is like what twenty three or something. Like he's young, he's a he's a he's an up and coming player, and he was pretty good last year. So it's like okay, like eh, he might want to let this it go game for
2: a yeah first uh, game. Of- the hell is the guy's name? The pitcher, Kluber, Clevenger. Right. Oh, Clev. Came over the Clevenger deal.
1: So. Yeah.
0: So I mean, like, it's one game, <laughs> and Cleveland sports fans are already getting yelled at by their sportscasters. Gotta love it. <laughs> it's
1: gonna Don't continue, to isn't it? For... Pardon? It's gonna continue this season, isn't it? Oh, like God, they've yeah. sold everything. <laughs> now they're just gonna suck.
0: Oh God! Yeah. That'll do it for our tire fire segment. Make sure you vote and uh, tell us what you think is the worst of the week. It'll be a very interesting number. I think for this, this week, we got some really good ones there. Um, But now it's time for final thoughts here boys and uh, we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. We'll start with Irfan. What is your final thought for the week? My friend
1: um sort of like another fire tire but i was just staring at it and deciding if it's the one or the england one but inter milan changed their logo and i don't know if i i should throw up or i should be like oh, i guess you guys are trying something new i don't know um they completely changed their logo it's like blue and black and white and it's like well, what was wrong with the
3: old one was that yesterday
1: I yeah i think they yeah yeah no they dropped it on tuesday okay uh earthy. um Nick, the the end end address, uh, Nick, we Nick, are we going to address that? Yeah, uh, what's, what's the, the name f- of the last
0: t- segment that we just finished?
1: Tire Fire. I told you I couldn't decide between my yeah, two Tire and, fires, and, so here's and, my what and, Fire. What did you,
2: you say for this one? What did I say?
1: Fire Tire. Fire Tire. <laughs> fire tire. fire tire. tire. Guys, leave me alone. It's Friday morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
2: Nick, Nick and I, as soon as you said <laughs> that. Nick you <and> <laughs> said it were.
1: Listen, I think you both know that I always switch words around um, or say the wrong name. So it's a part of it. No. Okay. This is my final thought. Inter Milan changed their logo. It wasn't good. I should have put it in the previous segment. I didn't because England sucks. Uh youth 21 does. Um, but yeah, they changed your logo. It doesn't look good. That's all. Uh, if you're gonna change logos, make them look fun. I don't know. Have a nice weekend, guys. I don't know. No,
2: I'm trying honestly, to find this new logo, I can't find it.
1: Um, here, hold on.
2: If it truly is that bad, like I, I don't get how some of these things get like approved. Like, we've said this yeah. multiple times. I don't know how some some kits get approved, how some logos get approved. Like, some of them are just, like, literally the ugliest things on earth. And somehow, somebody is in there like, yes, that's what we want. 100%. That's exactly what we want to look like. It's like, no, not even close. No, there's one person who says that. That's the problem. <laughs> it's yeah, and
1: it's, and it's, a, have, it's the president a, that signs sh- off and goes, whew.
2: They uh-huh. have the decision-making power. So Oh, yeah, that's just, bad it's not
1: as bad as their 78 to 87 logo where they had like a snake on it here i'll put that in the chat for that you guys to bad. that's bad though but this one I, I don't understand why you're you know moving away from a classic that everyone recognizes you with and, and doing this and it's like well are you supposed to look like montreal impact is this what's um, going on
2: i was literally gonna say that looks like montreal impact yeah <laughs> that's that's not good
0: um okay. Yeah, I guess it's a, it's a second tire fire. Yeah, but okay. The old Inter Milan logo with the snake is that that was old school. Like a lot of teams had similar style logos. So I, yeah, know, I this care.
1: is the 70s. Like that, that's not something to knock on because they moved on to something much better. But snack God, a
0: snack. it's a sneck of snake. All right, Kyle, follow that one up, will you?
2: Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Baseball's back. Yay. Um, I just, I just kind of hope that we can actually, as I say with most sports, maintain this as well. Um, biggest thing is, is keeping the COVID stuff down. Um, as long as baseball is back, I have a ton of sports to watch, and I'm happy. So, um, let's just also got a out. ton of work to do, but that's a whole other issue. Uh, no, not really, but that's a whole other story. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's hope this continues.
0: Yeah, and it was it was a fun opening day. I think it could be it could be good. I kind of hope Miguel Cabrera keeps playing like he did yesterday. If he could do that for another full season, I feel like as MLB fans we win. Not necessarily Tigers fans, but as MLB fans we win if Miguel Cabrera can play like he did yesterday. Yeah, um,
2: I want him to get three thousand hits and you know the, the hit hit the uh, five hundred home runs too. So yeah,
0: that would be nice. That would be that would be a very sweet way for him to kind of start riding off into the sunset because it looked sure. like he was right. It looked like he was riding off. Like, it looked yeah, like he was yeah. almost done.
2: If, if if he hits it, this is his last year, 100%.
0: Mm. I don't, I truly think he loves the game. So, I don't even know if it is his last year, but it should be his last year. I will should, agree. Sir, should be his last it year. It should be, yes. But I don't know. Just because he truly loves the game, he
2: just wants to play. Like, <laughs> why, why did you say it like that? He just wants to play.
1: Because he's like a little kid. You know, when kids just want to play, they don't, yeah, they want to
2: play.
0: <laughs> just there, right. Shut up, Kyle. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of echo Kyle's sentiment with the uh, opening day being a great, a great time. Got lot love watching sports. And, I mean, we're, we're blessed this weekend with some great sports. We get the final fours for the men's and women's basketball tournaments. We get more baseball. We got basketball. We got NHL coming up on the trade deadline. Uh, there's a lot going on. You got international soccer, so we saw. <laughs> Let's not forget Canada won how much to nothing this week, Irfan.
1: For what? Sorry.
0: In the World Cup qualifying, Canada won by how many
1: goals? Uh, I forgot the number. I was looking. I keep messing up. Japan won fourteen nothing. So I was like, that's the number that's in my head right now.
0: It was 11, I'm pretty sure. No, which I don't is remember. The biggest was... win in Canadian history by three. The most goals Canada has ever scored in an international match before that was eight. They won 11-0 and uh, looked dominant from the beginning. It's just great to see. It's so much fun to be watching th- this level of sports and this many different variety of sports. We don't normally get this many sports playing at the same time. So it's awesome. Like it, it is truly great. And after the year that we've had the year that everyone has been through, it's kind of nice. <laughs> like it truly is just nice.
2: nice so change of pace.
0: it is exactly Kyle. You, you nailed it on the head. It's a nice change of pace. So that'll do it for us here at garage door sports. If you are looking to follow us, you can find me at Nick you can find Kyle at Kyle Vardy, and you can find Irfan at Irfan Manji. If you're looking for the show, it's at garage door sport on Twitter at garage door sports on Instagram. If you're looking for our network, the whole network is garage You can see all of the great shows on there. You can find out a little bit more about each of our hosts and our producers uh, on our about us page which is always fun if you want to check out some great nicknames by the way head on over to the betting house uh page because there's <laughs> there's some good nicknames on that page for the boys um if you're just wanting to see more content just make sure you follow us on twitter because we do have tweets going out all the time we try to cover as much as we can for everyone here for kyle for earth we thank you for listening and we will see you next time